I like sports. But you live in New York City. Yeah. You've been living in New York City for a long time. Yeah. If you want to keep living in New York City, can you fucking Google who Patrick Ewing is, please, when this is done? Because, <laughs> come on. Like, there's like a baseline here. I, I've been living in New York City since, uh, since my quarterback was Frank Sims. You mean Phil Sims. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, Brad. Oh, God. Oh, this is bad. This is bad. Jeff, we need help. We need help. All right. That one was actually a joke, but yeah, I don't, I don't really follow basketball. So you, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You don't have to follow basketball to know who Patrick Ewing is. He was like, no, I know Patrick Ewing. He was like is. the dude in New York for like know, a decade. I know, you know who he is. I know who he is. You do. Is. Yeah. You promise. You didn't just Google it. I, in used, the last to part, 10 seconds. I used to party with no, him. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Number 33 went to Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. I used to party with him at uh, Limelight. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, Pat. Pat's actually a painter. I think he's uh, too cultured of a guy to hang out with you at Limelight. <laughs> God knows you were high on cocaine and wearing silk <laughs> underwear. So, <laughs> hey, it's comfy, don't that? It seems great. How are you, Brad? Things good? I'm good. I just got in from walking the the dog on a, you know. It's it's not very hot out, but it's moist. It's still moist. It is moist. It's thick. Speaking of thick, I'm keeping an eye on Florida. I hope it goes okay down there. Why? I got I got some some family in that area hunkering yeah. down. Well, so, not evacuating, like not evac. Well, one of which is evacuating, but their evacuation is like I have a really cool other place to go. <laughs> so it's like kind of a half evac, half evac, <laughs> half evac. Um, but yeah, no, some people I know are going to be trying to wait it out, you know. But yeah, kids are like you know, and uh, yeah, hurricanes, not cool. I hope it goes okay down there. It's funny too because the other day, speaking of New York classics. The day after tomorrow was on TV. Ooh. Which is like, yeah. After some time passed, I'm pretty sure that's my favorite of the over the top Hollywood big budget borderline B movie <laughs> kind of ones. You know, like out of the the twisters and the volcanoes and um, you know, Independence Days and things like that. I think the day after tomorrow is my favorite because it just includes every quip you could possibly want in one of those movies, you know? It definitely looks like a highlight reel from all the catastrophe movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like the best of them. And then listen, you got Quaid, who of course, oh, I'm a climate scientist and my son is stuck in New York City and saves his crew. And then, oh, my best friend, yeah, he sacrifices himself. Then my wife is stuck in D.C. with the cancer kid, you know. <laughs> and then it's like an hour and a half move. You know, you're like 90 minutes into this movie and all of a sudden wolves escape from a boat. <laughs> you're like, what? Now wolves are in play? I do, I do, so I do remember great. thinking that, that the movie was over at that point. Right? Is right. It, have like like, a fake, wolves? it has like a fake ending. Like you're like, okay, the movie's done. And then there's like another hour. <laughs> it's also one of those endings where like, you know, yes, the ice is melting. Our protagonists have survived, you know, to the next point of life. There's like scattered people on New York City rooftops who are like, yeah, we survived. <laughs> Dude, how many fucking millions of people are under that ice dead? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Like that's gonna be it. The second that ice goes away, <laughs> that's a, all you survivors <laughs> got a fucking shit show on your hands. Yeah, no. You know, uh, so I, I wouldn't be clapping for long. Yeah, you think the summers usually smell bad in New York? Wait, wait, oh, till, the, wait till the thaw. Oh, anybody <laughs> under floor fucking 62 died in New York City. Like, there's not a lot of people left, you know? Mm. So I think Jake and the crew, they got a tough one coming up. If no one's ever seen The Day After Tomorrow, I apologize for that long of a ramble <laughs> on, on, <laughs> on this film. And all those spoilers. I think this is perfect, though, for our friend Jeff Rosenstock. Oh, I'm sure he likes the movie. So it's official, right? Jeff is... The most he, he like is going after. I mean, he's by far the most prolific guest. So this is his, this is his fourth solo appearance. Okay, he appeared three times with Chris. Right. Um, he came on with uh, the Big D and the Kids Table guy. Yeah, yeah. He he was on for that one. And was he not part of some live experience? He did do one of our earliest live. It may have been the first or second one. I'm not sure. We got to get a gold jacket for him. Yeah, he should have, or a gold microphone. What do they do on Saturday Night Live when you when you do five? That's the big know. one, right? When you do five, I think you get a coat. I've I've only done four. I haven't gotten anything. You know a blazer guy in New York City? <laughs> you got a blazer guy? My fifteen year old daughter is always going to use clothing stores, so I'll, I'll have her pick something out. Oh, she looks cool <laughs> as fuck. Yeah, yeah. She, she I'm kind of almost like jealous of her fit. Like, yeah, yeah she looks good. That's when I'm like, yo, that's the upside to not moving to the suburbs right there. <laughs> Kids are going to look cool as fuck, you know? Except, you know, she scours, she scours these like thrift stores. Like anytime we go anywhere out in the sticks, that's where she gets oh, all the shit yeah. From. yeah. Yeah. That's where the, like these fucking country bumpkins don't even know what they have. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's her attitude for sure. I, I mean, I get it. I've done that plenty with records. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, not clothes, but records. I've done the same yeah. exact thing. Um, yeah, but anyway, but it was. Uh, so we actually had a reason to have Jeff on. Yes, again this time, besides for just loving him and wanting <laughs> to be regaled by stories, is that uh, he has an excellent new record in the yeah. process of coming out. Two singles are out already. The videos are fantastic. The songs are fantastic. And, you know, I thought uh, there was a Guardian piece that Dan Ozzy did a couple days ago, which was nice to see. And I thought he kind of encapsulated something great about Jeff that kind of only people who really know him probably know. Because I do think there's this, you, you think of this person from the outside, he had a lot of songs about getting fucking wasted when he was younger. He's in these you know, prolific kind of party bands and stuff like that. And he's got this good nature. And I think people think like, this is just like a stumble over yourself. Party boy, he just keeps going and going. And the one thing, you know, when you have an output like that and when you have it over that period of time and when it's, you're kind of the singular person spearheading, you know, the creative juice behind these things. Jeff is a, goddamn workhorse yeah he is as prolific of an artist like as i've ever known yeah. and uh and it's not one of those things it's not someone who just like wakes up and is like all right this is how i'm gonna take over the world it's like this very just inherent like it's like creating is like a, another arm for him or something like it's not it's not really that thought about and it's just like 
It just has to happen, you know? There's plenty of people out there that write three songs a day, but he does everything, right? right. I mean, that's the whole point. Like, he creates every bit of it from beginning to end, sort of. And there's that confidence I was talking about. I know he wanted to reject it when we were talking about it in the interview, but you're right. There are a lot of people who can write three songs a day. There are not a lot of people who can record those songs, right? make them sound good, play every instrument on them. Right. And then there are also not a lot of people who, without the feedback of many, many other people, can garner the confidence to be like, this is good, I want to put right. it out. Right. You know, like I've seen so many people stuck in that holding pattern of like, oh, I have seven songs, but I'm just tinkering more and more and more because like there's kind of like this fear of getting it out or, or will I ever find a part better than what I found there? Because so I really have to craft it into something perfect. And there takes like a leap of faith with every time you release music, you know, yeah. like at some point you got to let it go. Yeah. You got to put the baby in the basket, send it down the river, right. you know? No, that's the hardest part. And sure. that's fucking hard. Yeah. Like that's something that I think is undervalued hard and also undervalued in how many like bands and artists that that's basically killed. Right. You know, so so that's another thing about it too. You have to have Jeff's got a great like fuck you attitude about <laughs> him where once he thinks something's great, he thinks this is the way it should be. I'm pretty sure about it. Fuck you. This is how I'm doing it. <laughs> and that's, uh, it's just so refreshing. It really is. I love talking to him. I love listening to his music, you know? I got to say, in the case of Hell Mode, which is the new record, it's fucking awesome. Like, it is. I really like this record. It's really, I mean, it's obviously a little bit different, although I guess he's kind of always different, right? But yeah, he's always moving. Um, I just love the fucking enthusiasm and like the production and the like, I mean, it's got a lot of textures to it. Yeah. But it's definitely sort of bombastic in a way. Like it feels urgent, right? Like it feels yeah. like, like I'm, I'm hanging on every, I'm hanging on every verse and chorus to see where it's going to take But fun me, you know? as hell too. Like it's exactly, super fun. Yeah. And yeah. I took a look at the vinyl. If you're a vinyl head, dude, get the vinyl for this. It looks nuts. Oh yeah, what's there's going like, on there? There's pink vinyl and then there's like multicolored vinyl. Mm. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. Well, I'm sure Jeff, if he's listening to this, is cringing <laughs> about this verbal hand job we're giving him. So uh, why don't we go ahead and train it and, and get into right. this? 
<clears throat> you okay there, Grandpa? Oh, oh, okay. Grandpa Benny. Grandpa Ben. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. Hey, oh, hey, bud. Oh, okay. 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 Hi, Jeff. Hi, Benny. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm good. I was just thinking a second ago how most of the time when we speak to each other, it's about the Knicks. It's true. It's been a real glue, hasn't it? Some <laughs> well, hoops. It, it, it was. How's it, the league it, looking it, this it year? It was, uh, what, our league? I don't, dude, dude. Does basketball start soon? I got to send out. I always send out the commissioner email. Like I, like I get a news alert that like is like season starts in two days, and I email everybody. Yeah, like, no, oh, you're still- guys. You still want to do this? <laughs> everybody, all seventeen people. Uh, are, in we, this league. are we doing twenty dollars? Yeah. What do we do? Yeah, yeah. No, you still got a window. It's it's fantasy football season. Everyone's still going crazy for that. You got oh, yeah. a month. you got a couple months. It just started, huh? Fantasy you're football in the season. World Cup. You know what's going on? Oh. Oh, fantasy, fantasy football. And and actual basketball, you know? I was just reading an article. Remember that guy, Rondé Hollis Jefferson? Of course. That the Nets drafted? Remember when he was on the fucking, like, giant picture outside of Barclays because there <laughs> yeah. were just no, there was nobody on the team? It was like, uh. <laughs> That's all we had. It was Chris Humphreys. <laughs> Chris Humphreys. Hell yeah. We were like, Marshawn Brooks got some Kobe in him. We had, and, and D'Angelo Russell, who was not good yet. Huh. No, not even close. <laughs> but speaking of which, Rondé Hollis Jefferson surfaced yeah. in this FIBA World Cup playing for Jordan. I'm not oh. sure where his Jordanian citizenship came from, Dang. but he has completely changed like the way he looks and the way he plays to be Kobe Bryant. That's cool. Does he still play in the NBA? Yeah, he got like skinnier. He like and like his whole game he like looks like one of those like people on Instagram, like mocking someone else's game, you know, like I can do basketball dunk like that kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, like the lean in Kobe thing, like just his uh, style. He's like even playing like him. He wears the number. They're both from Chester, Pennsylvania. Hmm. There's a thing going on here. Like kind of like a single white female sort of thing. Going oh, on. well, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if it's like that when it's like Kobe Bryant and people want, People want to play like him. He was good. He was good at basketball. I don't, you know, I don't really He's want fairly to well known. do a strong stance here. Uh, does Ronnie Hollis Jefferson still play? Not in the NBA, I don't think. No. Dang. Yo. Yeah, uh, you might want to walk that back, Jeff. It's 2023. Your Kobe Bryant was good at basketball take. I'm, that might get you in I'm trouble. I'm not going to take it back. I think, <laughs> I think we could, I think you look at the tapes, it's hard to argue with it. You know, I really appreciate your your moral fortitude. I kind of want to talk about something with you, Benny. Oh, please. I I would just like to hear how you feel about when the Brooklyn Nets uh, mm. threw away their team. For one, Kevin mm-hmm. Durant. For one, DeAndre Jordan. For one, Kyrie Irving. And I yes. said, this sucks. Our team was good. They shouldn't have done it. And you said I was wrong. I did. I all right. So here was this I is the a only two-parter. person with that take. By the way, no, no, you are not. And I honestly, I I stood by this take for a long time, and I still do. Surprisingly, the Kevin enough. Durant like, take. Yeah, I guess we got Dinwiddie back again. <laughs> to me, this is the thing: is like there were like the Nets and twenty nine other teams who all knew this was a bad idea. But every single one would have done it. Yeah, 
Because like, like, were you winning a championship with Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris and D'Angelo Russell and young Jared Allen? Like, Zero chance. I'd just like to mention in your framing of this, you mentioned the two best players last. (laughs) This is how I do. But (laughs) so, so like, even though I'm going into it being like, oh, geez, a lot of variables here, a lot of scary ones, ones I don't like. Yeah. But, but there were other players out there. But may I remind you, they, they were like half a big toe from the NBA finals. You know, like it actually kind of worked for a second. They got way closer than they would have. So even though it's like one of the biggest, you know, trade cacophonies in NBA history, we managed to do it twice in like 15 years. You know, that's kind of, I mean, that's why I was like, the Nets should just not. They shouldn't. They should just. Oh no! They should be. They out should of be the happy, big three business. Like you know, be <laughs> yeah. like six through eight seed and like do yes. do a Raptors. I guess the Raptors did a crazy yeah. trade to win though, huh? Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. Mm. And that's the thing is like, are you willing to like mortgage ten years of your team to bring one home? As some, I think most as, teams are. As as a Knicks fan, I've I've seen this played out many <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah. So, and it always works so, out good. And that's why there's so many uh, modern banners at Madison Square Garden. That's it. So to answer your original question, I think we were both right. Like, mm. it's like, <laughs> yes, it's a bad idea. Yes, they have to do it. And if they were offered it again, they should do it again. This is like when people defend capitalism when something bad happens. They're like, it's just, <laughs> it's just how it, it's just how it is, though. It's just how it is. You're right. You're right. Well, this is the trickle down economics of basketball. No, it's it is true. It is true because it's like it, it's it's playing percentages here. You know, yeah. like for for the eight out of ten times, it's going to fail miserably and bring shame to an entire city and fan base. And then one time uh, you get the Raptors, I guess, huh? And then one time you get the Raptors, basically, or you know. The Celtics, you know, when they bring in Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett or something like, yeah. it does work sometimes. Sure. So who, that's it. Who did the Celtics you know, give up for them? I, 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 that's when I got back into basketball. I had like, t- I had like uh, a ten year blackout. Oh, oh, I don't remember. Yeah, that's going to be a. Tough that was a one. good team. Who Nate Robinson, big baby. Little they were Nate. fun. Oh man, Shrek and Donkey. This is <laughs> this is a bad music podcast. Do we have to put like a time limit on the basketball talk? No, yeah. no, no, no. Brad, Brad's Brad's like, yes, it. yes. Brad's like, yes. Okay, so Scott. I want to talk about the pedals. 70s yeah. and the 60s. So Jeff, how did you get your toe? Oh, I use my pick and my pedals and my amp and my guitar, and you've heard the rest. So wait, speaking of it, I heard there was uh so I I saw you recently DJing at a wedding and you were you were, yeah. you were great. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Me and Christine had a really nice time and then like the next day people were like, "Yeah, it was kind of like nobody really wanted the music that loud." And I was like, "Oh, no, it was so well, I mean, especially with the Oh yeah, Do whatever you, that effect it, is. It called. works. That's oh. that's our air horn that we used during our live set that we just like had our gear out there because we played a show. Um yeah. and uh it somebody spilled a beer on it at the wedding and I thought it broke it, but uh I just plugged it in the other day. It's working fine. So the air horn's still working. I love how you get back to New York and have a few beverages and you just turn into Funk Master Flow, <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> yeah, I think maybe that was me and Christina's dream. We're like, all right, we're Funkmaster yeah. Flex for the evening. Let's we're go. finally at Hot 97. Christine right went hard with the horny picks for her. She had Tonight I'm <laughs> Fucking You by Enrique Iglesias. There was like one other one that was like, damn, dog. Got she's, wrong. she's like, give me your phone. I'm on a, I'm on a mission. So, you know who told me? I ran into Rick Johnson. Yeah. And Rick Johnson said the end of the evening, especially gear-wise, was, was a little crazy. What did I miss? Oh, I, you know, you, you didn't miss anything. You've seen us load out before. We're bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were pretty good on your tour because we, we wanted to be well-behaved because we were supports. And, you know, we're, we're nice and we like you, but uh, we're, you know, that's as good as we get. <laughs> we're not gotta, that, which, is, gotta, which is so fine. You were so profesh. Hell that yeah. Tour. That's yeah. Profesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you know Dan Ozzy lives in the fucking pool house of <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's where he lives. That- Oh, get out of here. Yeah. He's so LA. They have a oh mansion and they have like a bonus house. Uh, and he house sits for them when they like go to Australia to shoot for like months. Uh, but he oh, lives so there. This is like, he lives this is like a personal connection thing on top of it. Uh, what do you, what do you mean? Like, like he knew this actress and that's how he did it. Uh, it was, it was like a friend of a friend and like they knew he was looking wow. for a place and then Dan's great. So they were just like, we love you, Dan. And uh, he yeah. watches it when they go away and he lives in like the, they have like a little bonus, like an ADU. Anyway, I don't that's know if so I'm supposed funny. to be saying where Dan Ozzy lives. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Brad, what's your call on that? We can always ask him. <laughs> That's true. Okay, cool. Be a great guy to have in your pool house, though. Writer, big muscles, yeah. kind of tan. Honestly, you know? great guy to have in your pool. So kind, so helpful. Yeah. He's good. I might, yeah, if I had a pool house, I might have him just to like fill the role of what, <laughs> like, you know, of just who you would want in your pool house. I'd just have him grow his hair out a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. I would need him in like a man bun. But, sure. Oh ooh. man. Dan Ozzy with long hair. That'd be crazy. Yeah, I would buy him just all linens, white linens. <laughs> uh very loose, very drapey and flowy. Sure, sure. You know, expensive sunglasses. I think you're taking the Staten Island out of him with those linens. I think you better pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Rick Rubin's got linens now. So Dan Rick can do Rubin it. is like the pinnacle of like a LA thing happening. Yeah. He's from New York. It, Listen, this is even... He made the... Yeah, he fully transferred to LA. (laughs) I mean, how long does it take? You know better than me. You're watching people from New Jersey and New York convert. I feel like I've brought like a New York level of stress to my like (laughs) idyllic level, my idyllic little home studio here in Los Angeles. I'm like, well, okay, it's pretty and I'm looking at trees and there's space. So like, how much can I take on... And how fast can I do it? And just like pile it on. Let's go. Uh, so I haven't transferred just, yet. I'm looking forward to yeah. the day though. Seems nice. How long? What do you think's the, like the transfer window? Like how long does it take to go from like, I can't be seen outside in anything but black jeans to like, yeah, I'm good with white linens. Like how long Ooh. does that take? Well, outfit wise, I mean, I would say immediately <laughs> it's fucking hot here. Uh, it's just the weather. Uh, well, like in my neighborhood in particular, and I don't know if this was just because I moved uh, right before the pandemic, but like people were just like out wearing like like giant oversized Garfield night shirts and like or just wearing like <laughs> underwear and a coat 
or just like whatever, just what the fuck ever. It's pretty sick. I mean, I kind of dress the way I've always dressed, which is I'm always wearing shorts and some sort of, if it's hot, a tank top and like sandals or something. So I've always, I've, I've looked LA for a bit now. I feel like you've opened yourself up though to like pastels. Yeah. Like, like color wise, I feel like you've brought in yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. don't know. I think uh, at, at a certain point of like, why do I fucking, I'm going to wear the colors that I like. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I got, you know, when I made the move out to like, you know, more, you know, out of the suburban-y kind of area. Yeah. The LA of New Jersey. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this is the Echo, <laughs> the, the Echo Park, Echo Lake. What is Echo it? Lake. Cool one? Echo Cool. Yeah. Cool Echo. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's it. the pedal I'm getting. It's I kind of like I get kind of like self conscious around like normal people. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be like band dude. Yeah, I already got a like huge mustache. Yeah, and tattoos and stuff. I'm like, like, do I have to have a black shirt on too? You know, <laughs> no. so it's like fuck the uniform. It's like I'm, yeah, like I'm trying to. I'm I'm also trying to bring some color into into my life, but. The issue is, Jeff, you've slimmed down. No, I've I've expanded since we've last seen each other. <laughs> I'm you back. know, and I'm 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 perpetually some version of an eggplant through like my whole life, which black is just you know sometimes you buy that yellow shirt when you're having like a good week, mm-hmm. and then you try to wear it two weeks later, and you're like, oh no, not yellow shirt today, like back to black. Well, first you of know? all, you look great, Benny. You'd look great Thanks, in man. any color. Uh, and who, I mean, fucking who cares? Whatever. I mean, you're like, <laughs> b- like people have bodies and we look how we look and whether we have a yellow shirt on or a black shirt on, it's all I the know. same. Like, like, I don't know if anyone, if anyone's out there judging you or I, because we look a little pudgy in a neon shirt, fuck them. They could go fuck themselves. Well, you know how it works. I come from the same, uh, school of mental toil that you do. <laughs> It's not the rest of the world I'm worried about. It's just me. Yeah. It's me doing it to myself. Yeah. It's not well, yeah, me I was going wondering, out. Like, you know? Well, dude, you're, you're good. Just wear, oh, open yourself, <laughs> open yourself up to, to more, you know? Yeah. You could do it. Get pink. You wear, pink wear a pink shirt with your black jeans, dude. Well, what do you guys, what do you think? What are some suggestions well, of how uh, I can well, broaden what, out well, here? I, it, Hats? cool hats uh you have great hair so you don't have to wear a hat oh, so you don't get true. to wear a hat uh okay. what uh, what do you like what, what's what's your temperature level like do you feel comfortable in your clothes weather wise or are you like i'm always hot or like ah it feels good to take off my jeans after a long day i'm often hot okay so Off, fuck I'm those often pants hot. you gotta wear shorts uh shorts all the all day. shorts open okay. toe and uh i don't know Get yourself a sleeveless tee. You'll look like a rocker still. <laughs> and people, and if people judge you, you can be like, yo, but guess what? I don't have like a real job like you do, fucker. Enjoy the office. Yeah, and be like, guess what? I could text Jeff Rosenstock right now. And they'll say, who? And then, and then you'll tell them and they'll be like, oh, he sucks. Tell him for oh, me. Oh, you mean Jeff? Oh, yeah, my tax attorney. He's very good. <laughs> my tax attorney, Jeff Rosenstock, yeah. <laughs> so, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah. My old friend. Yeah. Uh, you seem busy. Sure. Is your movie score done? Uh, it's, it's done being tracked, uh, and it's going to be mixed soon. And then we're going to throw it in. It'll be, it'll be all complete by the end of September. 
Uh, so take me from like A to B because oh the last time we like proper hung out besides for the wedding. I got fired. Yeah, you weren't stoked um, about all this. And it wasn't obviously like the cartoon or the creator's fault, you know. So I'm gonna, you know what? what I'm going to go. What happened I'm gonna from blame there? The, I'm going to blame Ben Levin for the laugh. <laughs> I'm just joking. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like the nicest person. Uh, so what happened from like when till now? Like, so like what, what? For those what of you the, who were not yeah. uh, backstage at the show in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, right before we loaded into our uh, supporting gig for the Gaslight Anthem, um, I had a Zoom call with everybody on Craig at the Creek where we found out that our, that David Zaslav uh, uh, purchased Warner Brothers um, and was cleaning house and essentially cleaned a uh, house of most of Cartoon Network, um, including our show, Craig of the Creek, which we were all frustrated about because it was it's a very successful show. It's doing good. We're like, what yeah. the fuck? We all, were, we all really loved working on it. So How many? You were like three seasons? Five seasons. Well, we, we we had wow. we had been greenlit for a movie and a fifth season and a spinoff earlier in the year, and then a couple of months later, uh, it happened. I mean, yeah. we we all not now that we all saw it coming because we didn't because we got greenlit for shit. But like, right. animation yeah. has been in a bit of turmoil um, okay. over the last year or so, with like things getting things getting cut and things getting taken off of streaming services. So they like don't exist anywhere. And it's super mm. fucked up because during a uh, lockdown pandemic era, like animation, like saved all these streaming services. Cause we were all right. still working uh, because mm. you could do that mm-hmm. remote. And uh, we never stopped We were working harder than ever. Uh, we made these fucking douchebags a bunch of money and then they kicked us to the curb the first chance they got. Um, it sucks, uh, and it's unfair, and it is what it is, and I'm not happy about it still. Uh, and it was literally due to just like new ownership, yeah. like bottom line, yeah, new ownership, got to make like, money for the shareholders, yeah. Uh, right. it, it just, sucks, and then and yeah. and the weirdest and a weird wrinkle to it is like, and then ultimately, like, now I have to be like, boy, hope this guy hires me again because there's n- only like a few people who do this. You know what I mean? Like right, we, we have right, right, right. Uh, the way it's all set up is so like, you know, perpetually it will just be one person who owns every company. And we're like, well, capitalism. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, but all, all the same, uh, they still, our series executive uh, fought really hard for us and we were still allowed to make the movie and we were still allowed to kind of wrap up the show. We were still allowed to do 20 episodes. I say we, I'm not part of it, but they were still allowed to do 20 episodes of the spinoff. Uh, So we got to like finish it up and being in music, I am at the very end of the pipeline pretty much. So like at this point, uh, for the past year, we've been having like Zoom meetings where we say goodbye to somebody who's worked on the show for like five years. And we're like, okay, Jesus. well, bye. And then I go back <laughs> to plugging away at right in this movie score. Uh, so I've been doing that since the beginning of the year. Uh, I had to figure out how to hire an orchestra, um, a conductor, uh, a taiko <laughs> yes. drum ensemble. Uh, I wrote all this music, which to me is kind of, it's, it's really outside of my wheelhouse because I was watching a lot of movies to just kind of like prep and see what they're doing. 
And I, I noticed that, and the music is just kind of like, uh, like Indiana Jones movies and Goonies and shit like that. And oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. the music's just always moving and it never really like stay, it never really like settles in one key. And it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not, it's very often not like major and minor scales and there's just like weird things happening. So I've just, wow. I was kind of here, like try to figure out like, okay, like brush up on like my, my knowledge of 12 tone, uh, which I'm not good. I, I will explain it very, very vaguely. Uh, but it's just yeah. basically like you have a certain amount, there's like rules and you have your notes numbered one through 12 and you can, and you can't repeat intervals, uh, more, certain intervals more than once. You can't repeat, repeat certain in- intervals ever. And there's some intervals mm. that you can never even just do. Um, and you make I a see. scale that way between those 12 notes. And then you like write a little thing and it sounds kind of uh, discordant and weird. And you're like, okay, cool. Mm. Um, but like, I've never really fucked with that that much. Uh, I was like fucking with this scale called an octatonic scale that I learned from this mm. Johnny Greenwood uh, NPR uh tiny desk like piano thing like just all this right. stuff i'm like all right let's go let's try and make movie uh, music because uh, yeah i mean you're you're talking about this and and it's got a real like language of its own but i mean should be said that like like you didn't go to school for that like, I went, like to, you've I been, went to school for this kind of i went to school and i studied music but that was like 20 yeah, something yeah. years ago i was always right. really good at theory classes so that was oh, kind of okay. like i don't even I don't even know, you know, like, uh, like I went, it's, it, it, it felt, I knew of it from theory classes, uh, right. but it, that was always kind of a natural thing for me to be good at. And before this moment, a useless natural thing to be good at. I was like, great. I'm good at music theory. Who fucking cares? I mean, it's kind of, it's uh, kind of cool though. I mean, like, cause sometimes, you know, you can look back on, you know, educations and stuff and be like, I don't even know, you know, but yeah. like seems like it's been a really you know i'm sure it was annoying at the time and uh, it wasn't anno- it was weird at the time i mean mu- music theory i was like i was good at it and and the teacher occasionally was like hey good job but like that was about it like there was never any right. encouragement for me like yo you are good at this you should consider composition and the one uh music for film class that i took uh they kind of literally told me i shouldn't do it so oh, wow. uh, really? yeah why uh they said they're like huh so you go like with like mtv style like a lot of quick cuts with your music i was like uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> mtv style i'm not supposed you know, to do that <laughs> yeah what kind of like what kind of like sea level nerdy insult was that yeah you know? right like, it's like fuck yeah. you man like, anyway, what are you talking about? What, I'm not an MTV person. Yeah. yeah, so I, I've just had a lot of like discouraging things uh, sure. in a lot of ways. And and yeah. but on the other side of the coin, like I don't know, the, the Craig of the Creek crews always like super fucking encouraged me. And every time I've tried yeah. something weird, they've been like, "Whoa, that's cool that you figured out how to do that." And it's just totally. it's really sweet. And all right, I'm gonna so miss I stopped that. you at Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. So like, so this is you going into the trying to put this all together. I mean, it sounds like a huge, huge undertaking. Yeah. Oh, um, also, uh, I, my computer kept crashing. Uh, oh. and so, and I was losing like an hour to two hours a day with my computer crashing. Oh, God, that's uh, and so, and so one day I was like, I'm going to take it to my computer people. I'm going to have them back up my drive. I'm going to have them move, move it over to a new computer that has four times the amount of RAM and I'm going to stop crashing and I'm going to get my fucking work done finally. Um, yeah. And they did it bad and they corrupted my drive. 
Um, And for like a few hours, I thought I lost the movie score and that was insane. And then oh I found it on like an external. It was it was like that was uh, that was a crazy moment. I've never I've yeah. never I've never felt panic in that way. Uh, where were you like when this is happening? House. Like literally. Okay, you're at your house. Yeah. Just like where the fuck is it? Like no, like oh. like I'm opening up Pro Tools and I'm like, huh, that's weird. I could see the waveforms, but it's not oh. playing and it's not muted. I check like my ins and outs and I slowly like realize like oh. This is files are corrupted. Um, I was smart enough to back up the movie score on a firewire drive beforehand. I am dumb enough to have not realized that I had done that. Uh, I did lose an episode of the show, which I have to redo, which sucks. Um, and yeah, so, but then eventually, like, I got, I then I'm just working off this firewire drive on this computer that is completely like annihilated. Um, and, uh, and then I was losing like four to five hours a day with my computer crashing. And while I'm working on something really hard that I want to do a really good job at, it was fucked up. I'm really glad I'm through that part of it, man. That was a bad summer. (laughs) (laughs) So this is like months, just months of anxiety. It sounds like. Yeah. And and then, and then, yeah, we went up to the atomic garden where we, uh, you told me to take you through it. So that's that. No, I went up yeah, to the Atomic crazy. Garden yeah. uh, where we record all of our records, or not, we record all of our records, but with Jack, who we record all of our records with. Because um, yeah. we were like, hey, man, I wonder if we could do this. Uh, and, and it was just, in, and we had an orchestra in there, and it was like being in an episode of The Bear where we're just firing <laughs> off like cue numbers. Like we have like different yeah. segments of the movie and each little yeah. musical moment has like a thing. So we're like, all right, 408, M3, give me six bars of click. Go, go, go. The oboes are off. Get the oboes in tune. Go, go, go. Uh, for like three days straight. And it was really fun. And it was really cool to hear my music played by an orchestra. That shit's fucking crazy. Can uh, imagine. You guys ever yeah. need string arrangements? Apparently I know how to do it. Uh, oh man! And uh, <laughs> like uh, it was, it was cool. It was like it was, it was wild. It's so. It was. It, it's a project that I think was maybe too ambitious, but I'm getting through it. <laughs> like, uh, when, so is it? Is it done? Done? No, it'll be done. Done no. uh, at the end of September. We uh, okay. It's still got a mix. Jack's gonna mix it and send me mixes, and I'm gonna give notes. I was hoping to get it done while I was there, but every single thing in this thing is taking like a week longer or two weeks longer yeah. than it should have. Because this is my first time doing it. I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody asked me to do this. I was like, hey, I think we should have an orchestra because it's a movie. They're like, well, you can figure it out. Sure. That's crazy. <laughs> so, do you know now? Like, if is it going to be like a full like film release or? Well, like how- uh, I don't. It's not going to be in theaters, but uh, I know some stuff, but I don't think I'm supposed to say any of it yet. Good. Okay, uh, it, it'll smart. be it'll be on Max by the end. Of, I think by the end of the year, by the beginning of next year, streaming, and okay. and it'll have other things. I think I don't know what I'm supposed to say. So, did you go straight from Hell Mode into this, or did they overlap? Uh, like I- making them. I went straight from hell mode for making hell mode. No, we, we, I did, I think Jeff and Laura right after hell mode. Uh, Um, and then, uh, we did our tour together and then I, and then I came back and did this like mini series that we did called heart of the forest. And then I went straight to this, but I've also been doing this while I've been rolling out a record, which is like, yeah. Something I haven't done in seven years and I forgot takes time and work. Uh, and I also forgot it's something I don't like doing, and that's why I stopped yeah. doing it. 
uh, <laughs> Wait, not making records, but the, the role, like the the like yeah. the like putting out a single and being like, oh, do you like me? Do you like me? And putting out another single, and be like, oh, do you still like me? Do you still like me? Like, I'd rather just rip yeah. the fucking bandaid off and like not do all this shit. Uh, I think yeah. I think that's something I did not realize fully until we did this this right now. Uh, and you know, I've I've felt like. Uh, I also just forgot, like doing both these things at the same time was absolutely insane. I'm very much looking forward yeah. to being through at least one of them very soon, which is that hell mode will be out probably by the time this is out. It's also different now, right? I mean, like I, you know, I'm even kind of getting a learning experience as if like I was told fairly straight up a couple months ago that basically when your album comes out, like all the push is over now. Yeah, that's stupid to me. But that's you what know, we're, like, yeah. and, and and everything is in these these singles and the pre releases and uh-huh. all these like things. And that's and I'm like, oh, that is uh, a lot different. And then and then it's a thing where it's like you know you get your things, but if you don't get certain things, you're like, well, then nobody fucking cares, and you feel deflated yeah. before your album even comes out. It's just yeah, like, before it's yeah. Like you used to have to at least wait till release date to feel deflated. deflated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I don't, I I think I don't, I don't think that's a good way for it to work. Like I, maybe it is for some people, maybe it is for people who do singles and then their album is a little bit, uh, I don't want to say an afterthought because that's rude, but like, you know, that the singles are like what they're thinking about and they're like, okay, cool. And we found a place for it all to land. But like a band like ours, like we're making a record. Um, and I, I don't know, like I could put out, I feel like I could put out any of these songs as singles. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make them all good, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. so I don't know, man. Uh, no, it is, you know, you got to fuck around and find out. And I fucked around, found out. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, and that's, what's funny. Like as usual, you're self-deprecating for, but from the outside, it seems like you're pretty good at it. Um, Uh, because the, I'll fucking tell you what I'm not good at. (laughs) The videos are cool. The oh, songs thanks. are cool. Oh, I'm stoked. You know, like, I'm stoked on it. I'm stoked on yeah, all the videos. Like, I'm like, really stoked on the videos, and I'm stoked on the yeah. songs. I'm, I'm stoked on the record. I'm stoked on all the stuff. It's uh, great. I'm not stoked to try way. to be like, thank you. I, I, thanks, man. I like it. I hope people like it. We all really like yeah. it. We're all really proud of it. We all really, we pushed ourselves a lot yeah, on this record. I can tell. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's wild. It's, it's, I'm happy that it'll be out there. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a crazy world that we're in. I mean, I I think it's, it just comes down to consumption, right? I mean, like uh, that's where, you know, I even went through this on this record where the new Gaslight record that we just, you know, it's coming out in October. I I, want to remind you that we're um, promoting my record. Oh, pardon, pardon. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But like, you know, there was a point where I'm like, we're doing the sequencing for the record. And I like woke up one night just almost like, oh, fuck, we're doing it wrong. You know, (laughs) and I'm like, because it's just like sitting on me. And I'm like, if I'm this age, if I've been consuming things like this for this long. Yeah. Am I fucking stupid to not top load my record now? No, make your record. Make like there there's there's space for all kinds of like approaches and all kinds of art and I think yeah. that we fucking we're we're like there's this dumb fucking shit that 
that that gets pushed on us now that's like oh this is the way things are done so you have to do it this way when it's like no yes. everything can be done every possible fucking way and there's no reason just because this thing finds success in this kind of crowd and with these people like I don't think that that's how you speak to your fans. I think your fans like your records, you know? I've seen your band. Yeah. I've seen you play songs. Your fans like all the songs. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, it's cool to save shit for the back half. It's cool to craft something that's different than something else, I think. You know? Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 it reminds me of, like, uh, people, like, around pandemic time just being, like, no one wants any sad songs anymore or whatever. And then you're just like, well, what if like what you write is like sad songs a lot of the time? Like there's yeah. no fucking space for me in the world. Fuck you. Eat my ass. Like fuck you. Like, yeah, yeah. I, like no, I'm like, I don't, I refuse to think that there's not space in the world for however anybody wants to make music. And the fact that it's it. more, more wide open and access is more wide open to everybody. Uh, yeah. And like, and and uh, the powers that be are trying to like corral everybody into these certain little like sure boxes is like fuck that shit. Like if you if you look at the big picture, like you could really do anything now. Yeah, you know. No, you're 100 percent right. I love you, Jeff. I love, I love you love too, Benny. You speak. You know. Hey. I mean, you're 100 percent right, and it's so easy to get caught up in it. And the one thing I always appreciate, you know, like. I love the the supreme confidence you have. I don't know if I have confidence. I don't know that it'll work. You should just still do what you want to do, you know? To to have like a fuck you in the face of everyone else doing something the other way takes confidence, at least in the idea that like, I think I'm right. You know what I mean? At least, at the very least, you have an unshakable thought that like, I think I'm right about this. I feel like every episode of this podcast is you trying to get me to like be more confident in myself. And I really appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, I'm uh, telling you, you are. Uh, no, you already I, are. It's weird. Like are. I, I, uh, I've always approached like, so since Bomb the Music Industry, I really wanted to approach my own music in a way where I do not feel pressure to make a certain kind of thing. Uh, and that has nothing to do with because I, and that isn't because I'm like, because I think it will be successful. I don't know if it'll be successful. I am not yeah. confident that it will be most of the time. Uh, but I do know that it will be creatively satisfying. And I do know that yeah. it'll scratch that itch. And I do know that it will hit my, it'll slap the old soul in the, in the way that it's supposed to. You know what I mean? Soul. Yeah, give that soul yeah. a big old whack. Uh, well, let's, then but, let's but talk like, about but it like, practically. But like that, that's what's important. And then I think like yeah. if shit fails, I'm always like, well, okay, then we just go back to playing house shows, which I liked doing. So I'm just like, right. okay, right. you know? That's, so I'm not afraid because of that. Let's think about it practically because there's another side to what you do. Like, Like, sometimes we can talk about this and it is... What we're saying is like it's pure, it's well intentioned, it's the way things are supposed to be, right? I don't but know. Most way people, I wouldn't say way things are supposed to be. I think everybody has their own way of doing to it. To me, it's, I, I sure. think it's more how things should be, at least on, yeah. on my subjective level. And, and that's like, why we're buddies, man. We're kindred but, spirits. But, but it's true. It's true. But where the rubber meets the road here <laughs> is that you know, especially you know, uh, half the kids I fucking grew up with and people like this, there hits a point where everybody's like morality and ethics meet reality yeah. to some point. And like, so 
what's like the reality of your situation and the fact that like, what are like some of the simple tools you've used to actually just stay like financially above water, to keep paying rent, to keep your fucking phone on, to keep a, you know, a van or a car or the things you've had to do. You mean like right now? Uh, no, not now as much because, you know, you've established yourself. But, I, you know, let's say like, you know, 15 years ago when when shit's a lot more tenuous. Oh, you know? temp jobs. I worked at the census. I, I think the, like the reality of it at that time, which is kind of what I've held on to now, except I just had a better job for the last five years. Uh, right. Just always be working. Like everybody in our band still works. Like we all yeah. we all work. Like John works AV. I work at I work for the cartoon. Mike writes for the paper. Uh, Kevin like gigs does jazz gigs plays an AJJ. Um, and Dan does like work like fucking cutting down trees and stuff at Santa Cruz right. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I think I think just kind of like the, the 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 fucking thing of it all for a long time was just like, hey, always have a job so that this band never is the thing yeah, that yeah. makes you all your money because right. then it becomes fucking stressful that you're not doing it the right sure. way. You got to do it this yes. way or whatever. Yes. Like we I was just always like I think I think there's some people who feel like they need to have no job so they have the space to be an artist. Um, yeah. And I hear that point of view, but I have never felt that way. I've always felt more creative when I'm like in the shit and when I'm experiencing yeah. things. You know what I mean? Sure. I've never sure. been one to like feel creatively charged necessarily uh, by relaxing. I will admit that now that like shit has been so hectic when I do like go away to like demo songs and decompress and be quiet for like four or five days, like either in upstate New York or with this record, like I went out to the desert. Um, yeah, right. like sure. That is like a good decompression time. That's how songs come out for me. But that's like, that's like a couple of days. That's not like months yeah. of doing nothing and trying to think like, how do I, how do I build my brand and shit like that? Like, that's just <laughs> like, I, that's what you, that's what I think you kind of have to do to an, in, to an extent if you're doing it as the only thing you're doing. And, uh, you know, it's hard. That, that seems really hard. I, I'm really bad at that. I have to do that to an extent anyway, and I'm not good at it. I can't imagine having it be your whole thing. And like, you know, but but it is tricky to find that flexible work. You know what I mean? You gotta yeah, you gotta yeah, always keep your exactly. ears to the ground. You gotta work every fucking second you can when you're home. You have to say yes to every single job. Or create something for yourself. I've said it before. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I think the bouncing souls have been able to do what they've been doing all these years. Yeah. You know, they're they're one of the happiest underground bands I've ever seen. And it's because of that. Wait, Everyone do they all work? They all like Brian's a successful tattoo artist. Pete records bands. Cool. Uh, you know, like uh, I didn't know Greg's that an, they all were. You know, an artist, like a commissioned artist, and writes yeah. kids' books, and like, like, and they've and and that's how, like, okay, we can go do this the way we want to do it, and and it stays real. I think that's really great advice, honestly, for a a band at a certain level. Because the one thing, you know, that people forget too. It's almost like, uh, you know, the reason a 25 year old athletes trying to get his one big contract is like, you know, unless you're fucking you too or something, when you're off the road for nine months, that shit starts to get down fast. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like any money you made, like, like, yeah. So unless you're, you know, 
like if you have any kind of a long-term ambition, then what you're saying, I think is great advice. You know, you have to like at least keep some other economic flow for yourself to keep your music free. Right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just, it's all about finding flexible work. And it's tricky because that work does suck. Like it's oh, not, yeah. it's not great sometimes and it's work. Mm-hmm. Work isn't fun a lot of the time, uh, but <laughs> yeah. like, you know, whatever, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to work. Yeah. Sometimes you got to work. <laughs> it all, it all like, it all really uh, feels very satisfying when you realize you're making money uh, for someone who has like a hundred times more money than you'll ever dream of having oh, yeah. as you earn your like $175 day rate or whatever the fuck I was getting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. But all right. So let's talk about hell mode a little since I know you're, you're on a, you're on like a, a, how many interviews do you have today? Yeah, I only have two. Only two. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm not getting like the, I'm just going to go out there and give it 110% like the Derek Jeter answers. Um, Wait, you what? Well, no, but I am going into this giving it 110%. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, I'm listening to this record and like lyrically, it's feeling to me like a kind of, not like a coming of age record, but like kind of like an acceptance of the human condition record. Like, like less about change and more about like rolling with what you got kind of. Yeah. And like, is that, is that the, the correct observation? I think that's like a good observation. Yeah. I mean, okay. it, like, uh, I think it's been tricky in talking about this record because, uh, I think it's just people, you know, you try to frame it or whatever. And I think it's been framed as chaos in a lot of ways. And there's like a pull quote for me in the bio that definitely helps nudge people in that direction. But like, (laughs) but like you're, you're, but like chaos, life is fucking chaos right now. It's not about the chaos. It's just about life. And that's just how it happens to kind of be. Uh, And it's not even really accepted. It's just, you know, it's about living. It's about living through it. It's about living through it all. Uh, yeah, that that that's how it feels to me, and it's about living through those ups and downs, and like not trying not trying too hard to like be like, and here's the lesson from it or anything like that, but just like what it feels like to like, I don't know, to be trying to like experience the joy of your successes while also you watch the world burn down around you. Like it's yeah, fucking right. weird, man. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> No, it is. And it, there's like an attached guilt that takes a lot to get rid of, I guess. And you shouldn't totally get rid of it either, right? That's yeah. the trick. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know. it's about like trying to not feel guilty or like needlessly guilty about it, but trying to use that to feel a little bit charged to go fucking do something, you know? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So how did you get there? Because like, you know, the last time we did the interview was a straight COVID interview. Yeah. Somebody last time we did an interview, so, yeah. somebody reached out to me and was like, so, yo, do you need mental health help? Some no some nosy Nelly was saying that you need <laughs> I Listen, wonder if I've passed that guy on the street. He said he lives in my neighborhood. I don't know. He might, but but the way he wrote you, I found very off-putting. You know, yeah, I wouldn't some, have, you know, he I wasn't have, he I wasn't trying to be and no. yet it was fucked up. No, no. Yeah, I didn't like it. But I don't like but it you were in a Listen, we were all in a in a dark place and yeah. I was like I was trying desperately to find the silver lining in things sure. at that point and yeah. you know was presenting them with with you know kind of half-hearted uh um <laughs> you know words behind it. Yeah, but, I mean that's so, that we're, you're just like, thinking through things, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like exactly. That's like, kind of what this record is a little bit. It's just like trying yeah. to think through this fucking shit. Right. So I mean, so what what changed it or not specifically changed, but like when you started really writing songs for this record was, was there an intention like that behind it? No, I mean, it's re it really like we had a tour uh, planned that got canceled because of a COVID spike in, in January 2022. And I had like, I, I felt I was feeling pretty charged because we got off that we got off of our first tour since COVID and it went really good. We had a really nice time and it was really memorable. And then I just like had two weeks and I had all these songs I had been working on since even before I moved to LA. And I was just really like getting in my head about them. Uh, and I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a, a Airbnb up in in Joshua Tree. Uh, like in like, but like in the middle of nowhere, and I am going to see what these songs are that I have like these like half ideas and like I know how they would go, but I've never actually played them, and I have like a few lines of lyrics, but I've never actually fleshed them out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of went there. I was like, I'll demo these songs. I'll write the lyrics. It might be garbage. I don't care. I'll just throw them out. It'll just be good to get them out of my system and like move on from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or I'll do nothing and I'll just go up and be in the middle of nowhere for a couple of days. And that's fine. Like I just went just being like, I'm going to go and it's going to be fine. And if nothing happens, it's fine. And if the songs are good, that's great. But if the songs are bad, that's fine too. Just like fucking move forward from like all yeah, the things yeah. you felt over the last few years. Cause there's like, 
I don't know. There's shit like I went through that's like really personal too. That has nothing to do with fucking COVID and that has nothing to do with <laughs> right. like with climate change. It has nothing to do with like anything that like anybody would really understand that like I'm trying to also like think through basically. So that was yeah, it. Like I right. like I just like not everything is outside interference. Like yeah. you're actually still a fucking person with family and yes. You know, and- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so I I just kind of went up there with these with these fragments of lyrics and these songs that like I had heard in my head but I've never like actually like put down and I just went up there and kind of tried to be really loose and just like woke up in the morning and had my coffee and had my breakfast and just sat down with my with my book and tried to like figure out what I was trying to say and like flesh it out. You know what? And and it's just like and when I was done, I was like, oh shit, I like these songs. I really like these songs. I think I have a record. Right. Thank fucking God. Wow. Like, so when, how many, how many did done, you walk like, away with? Oh, that was... On that, on that first one. Probably like you eight. Walk away. Eight. The, awesome. the, like wow. eight uh, between that and like the next like week afterwards uh, yeah. of working at home on the songs. It was probably like eight songs. Like the three I had before were Doubt and Graveyard Song and... There's one more, I forget which. Oh, and Soft Living. But Soft Living changed a lot too. Um, sure. So yeah, it, it, it all it all like grew over a really long period of time. And uh, it was weird because it was just like really slowly. It was like, it was like uh, a fucking, uh, like a pour over coffee or something that you make at home. And you're just kind of like letting it bloom for a while. You're letting it bloom and you're letting it bloom. <laughs> you're letting it bloom. You're letting it bloom. And then I went up to the desert and slammed the fucking coffee. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, you know? Let's do it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to that, like, do you have anyone chirping in your ear? Like, hey, Jeff, like, uh, be a good time to put out a new record, brother. Like, or is this just all your impetus? No, everybody knows not to bother me. I, yeah. and, 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 and I know when I'm supposed to be, I, I know like when it's too long since I've put out a new record, like this feels, right. this it has been three years. This is a long time to not have put out a new record for me. Um, but sure. that's also just more like personal, like feeling stuck in a period of time until a record comes out for me. Cause my records are, oh. are pretty personal and shit. So I, I, so like, it feels good to get it out and to finally share it with people once it's out, because then it's like, okay, here I am. Okay. Uh, and then like, at least I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, like, do you think you've been putting out records so long at this point, especially like, I mean, essentially you've been putting out records every you know, periodically, like every year since sure, you were yeah. an adult, right? Like since so, I was like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. So I mean, like, is this actually part now of your just life cycle? Yeah, you know totally, what I mean? like, totally, yeah. totally, a hundred percent. And that I think All that right. goes back to what we we're talking about before. Why I'm not like fucking concerned about like, oh, your if your song is less than two minutes, the Spotify algorithm gives it a little kiss. You know what I mean? Like, I don't fucking give a shit. Like, it's not about that for me. It's about being alive, you know? Right. Like, that seems a lot bigger and cooler to me than Spotify. Like, shut up, Spotify. I'm trying to stay alive, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shut up, like, your fucking critics with their, like, death of rock and roll shit. Then they're like, oh, yeah. rock and roll is back with their, like, no sad song shit. It's like, fuck yeah, you, yeah. man. I don't give a fuck. I'm just trying to live. It's not... It, that. That's the thing again. It's not confidence. It's just like, this is how I know... This is how I know how to exist. Totally. You know? Totally. Uh, and, yeah. and that's... And so that guiding light or whatever the fuck 
uh, is stronger than like if a record label were to email me and be like, hey, are you going to put out a new record? Honestly, if anybody did that, that would be the kind of thing that would make me not put out a new record. Make yeah, it's kind of like the it. kiss of death for that label. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. not even that. Like, it, it made me get in my head. And I try to just right. write. I try to write consistently. I try, like, I'm always writing. Like, I have a, I have a bunch of half-finished songs, just like Hell Mode right now, sitting in my brain, yeah. waiting to be pissed out. And, uh, like, that's how I kind of try to keep doing it and try to not think about the record cycle or anything like that. And just sure. try and, like, Keep going, and when the songs find each other and make sense to each, make sense with each other on a record, like that's when it's time to put a record out. Yeah, that's awesome. Makes sense. Would you consider? I mean, like you're one of the more. I know you sometimes have like a pile of wires way of doing it, but you are a technologically sound human. Um, <laughs> yes, you know? I, I am sitting and, in a pile of wires as you say yeah. that to me, like literally. <laughs> Yeah, I'll send you a picture after this of what it looks like where I'm sitting. Uh, it's yeah. pretty chaotic right now. Listen, you get it done, baby. You get it done. It's Moving not too clean. fast to be clean. It's not clean, but you get it done. Yeah, but like you could get what is it? You get three things. You get it done well. You could get it done fast. Well, I don't know. Never mind. That's that doesn't apply. What were you Jeff, saying? That was only two. That was only two. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> would you consider yourself like a friend of Skynet or like an enemy? Like like moving forward into like this AI tech kind of thing, like coming up, you're sort of at the cutting edge of it in a lot of ways. Like, how are you feeling about that? Oh, I think AI is whack, uh, like a hundred percent. Like I I, I don't, I don't understand. Like I, I saw somebody tweet something, which I agreed with, which was like, damn, we invented AI and we have them writing poems. And while I still have to like clean a toilet, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is which is a which is a good way of looking at it. That's like, true. Uh, That's I, true. I like very particularly in uh, my my now industry, uh, Hollywood baby. Uh, it's like baby. I don't want to see, like all the the only reason for AI is for CEOs and shareholders to like make more and more money and to widen the gap, and it takes away jobs from creative people. Uh, yeah. And it's not as and it's not as good. Like it doesn't like, like it doesn't get you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. I feel like I I bet there's probably like an AI joke that can make you laugh or something. But it I I it doesn't like know the human experience. I don't know. I start sounding like a sh- a shaking my fist at a cloud, whatever. When I talk about that kind of shit, but like it's fucked up. Like it's fucked up that they're trying to just basically take an industry away from a bunch of really kind, good people who like to do this creative thing uh and instead of people connecting with others it's like oh well i could train this computer to connect to you it's like fucking why who's asking for that the people who are asking for that are the people who could profit off of it uh it's not what we're asking for as people like there aren't moviegoers going like man i wish this script was written by ai instead no one is asking. I've said for that, that before. Well, <laughs> no, you know what? You're the exception that proves the rule. <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree know. with you, Jeff, for the most part. For the most part, no, oh. I, I agree. But I'm, I am not. I wasn't joking that I've sat through a movie that I wish had been written by AI before, just so it would be better. There's so much horrible writing. I just sat through one I, that that I could have gone through AI. What movies are you guys seeing? I just saw that Fools in Paradise, the Charlie Day movie. Oh. Literally went went to the movies to see it. It's bad. Um, I haven't. I haven't. I don't know what the deal is with it. Did he write Not it? Not one. 
Not one chuckle. Yeah, I think it was like it must have been his baby because he starred in it, and then there was a lot of like side characters from Always Sunny making appearances. So yeah. I figured it was like coming out of his world. Mm. Very bad. So you think Should've AI been. would have done a better job? I haven't heard this point of view. Jesus, I do well. in that in that regard because if you just fed AI, like you said, give me some shitty, give me some shitty laughs. Like it might have gotten me some shitty laughs, and then the human tried to be so smart about it that they got no laughs. Do you, you think know? it? Do you think in the grand scheme of what AI means, it matters that you had a bad time that day at the movies? I mean, yeah, it's gonna know, right? <laughs> no, I mean, like, <laughs> like, do you think? Do you think it's worth it for like writing to be gone? No, 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 I totally agree. Neither one of us is saying the only thing, the only thing I don't totally agree with is like, again, I think we ran into one of these things where like, I don't think malevolent forces started this. No, I think it it, it is probably just people who are like interested in something. Exactly. And people who actually thought like, oh, this can help people. And there are some things where I go, you know what? Like humans are too fucking dumb. And too fucking separated to be able to go anywhere near this climate change situation. You Send think the AI is going to solve climate change? Better than us, maybe. Dude, you know, have like, you seen any movies about robots and AI? It I've all seen works lots. out like I've this. I've seen Wally. It, it starts <laughs> like the it world. starts like this. Okay, <laughs> is is Wally AI? I guess he is, uh, huh? Yeah, oh. kind of. Okay, you There's know, like that autonomous little robots. Kind of like Wally. All right, I kind of yeah. like Wally. Maybe I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, but like, I feel like I've seen so many movies where, where, where they're like AI took over and then the robots took over. And now yeah. like, you know, if we live in a dystopia where like, we don't really have what we want. <laughs> I mean, I, that shit doesn't worry me at all. Like the idea of like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger coming and, you know, and sort of that Skynet like military thing doesn't scare me. It's, it's what we have militarily already. Yeah. We're already being there, confused prop- by the powers of artificial intelligence, and you know what I mean. Like the idea that I, I guess bad actors, you know, like yeah, you, you get your hand on something like this, and all of a sudden, if you're really good at it, you can prompt some kind of like I just. This was the craziest thing I just, and this is the great thing about <laughs> having little kids is like sometimes I read books about shit that I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. I didn't know that. Um, and I'm reading about the Great Wall of China and the Great Wall of China being built. And apparently in 1899, a newspaper in Boston like put some story into the paper that said, uh, like, China is going to be taking down the Great Wall of China in order to open up China to the West and new culture and America is kind of behind this. What happens once the story goes? Massive fucking riots in China. Mm -hmm. Like massive riots. So many people killed. Like literally like thousands of people got killed. Embassies stormed. You know, and it took years, literally years to peel back the fact that this was a lie from the start. And even then they couldn't really determine at that point. Like a lot of people believed it was true, even though it wasn't because Mm. so many years had passed. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, if this was possible that long ago, it's certainly possible now and on a much bigger scale. But the one thing that I feel a little better about 
is the idea that like that lack of communication doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Like, um, I was just thinking kind about of, this, but, but like all information is potentially false now. Yes. That's the issue. <laughs> so yeah. it, that lack of information very much exists right now. I think like, right. I don't know where to read the news. I'm either reading the news in something that I like everything has a slant, even when it's slanted towards me. I'm like, that's not what I want. I just want you to tell oh, me what yeah. the fuck is going on. You know? Yeah. Give me the AP wire. And yeah, it. but the AP wire is even, none of it is anything it's anymore. It's been corrupted. I like. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like USA Today because I thought like it's the the point of USA Today is that it's written so it could be read by a second grader. Uh, that's yes. like the whole point of it. And I was always kind of like, you know, I wonder if that removes bias. If their focus is so much on like dumbing down the language so anybody can yeah. understand it. Maybe they're, maybe that... The focus is so strongly there that it's like, well, how do you even think about bias at that point? You know, I thought anyway. USA Today was just for the giant weather map on the back. <laughs> it's <laughs> a fun, a- it's a fun weather map to look at when you're on tour. You're like, wow. Let me bring up it's one blue more- in Kansas. Can I bring up one more point? Well, yeah. To add to you add to off- the idea sure. that this isn't all bad. I was just thinking recently. And I think we might have even talked about it already on the pod, so I'll make it short. Sure. But it was like sure. when these when these fires, mm. when these big fires big just hit fires. the East Coast. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we're not used to it here in New Jersey. And the first day when these wildfires were passing over, I mean, it was fucking freaky looking, right? Like I've never seen anything like yeah. that before. I've never seen the sun try to come out and be blotted by smoke. It yeah. was a different color than I'd ever seen in my life. And even though I saw people on like, you know, fucking shitty twit box being like, oh, the, you like it now, New Jersey. I'm like, sorry, asshole. I know you've done this a hundred times. This is my first. Why don't you fucking be nice about it? Um, <laughs> but the one thing that kept popping into my head was like, I was thinking, I was, I was thinking like, okay, say I'm a, uh, like, uh, some kind of Mayan Lord. And uh, like, this is like, you know, the year 800 or something. And I'm down in South America and this fucking cloud comes, you know, I don't have the weather channel. I don't have the radar. I don't know that this is a wildfire in Canada just passing over. And that in like a day and a half, it's going to be fine again. He's going to wake up potentially and go, Oh my God, the gods have taken away the sun. Yeah. Let's go. We got to kill like a hundred <laughs> kids or something, maybe to okay. like try to figure this out. And then you, you kill a hundred kids. You pivoted to murder of children. Oh yeah. <laughs> the cloud okay. passes over. Right. And yeah. he's like, it worked. Children come back to life. The kids, we killed the kids. The sun came back. This is what we have to do every year at this time now. Okay. And this is like how like the super dumb shit historically that happened that led to like murder oppression just ridiculous drunk kings doing whatever they want you know like i do feel like the idea that we have this information at least stops things like that now what information are you talking about i'm just this is i guess like globalization and kind of ai are tying in here with me like just the idea that there's this just a massive free flow of information is not always bad. I disagree very strongly. I think that a massive free flow of information is great. And I think once that happens, the the people who control these media companies 
corral that shit in to do what they want to do for their shareholders very fucking quickly. And I think the same fucking thing will happen with AI uh, until we have no one who's just unbiased and truthful. Mm. So where does that end? I mean, that's dude, dude, I know, but it's nice out sometimes. <laughs> And that's basically hell mode. That's the record. (laughs) (laughs) That's it right there. Yeah. And sometimes it rains and you're like, ah, yeah. Sometimes you see a butterfly, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Goodness gracious. Sorry. I'm giving myself a... All right. I have a couple (laughs) fun things to bring up. Great. I'm fanning myself right now with my hands like, oh, I got the vapors. Um, All right. (laughs) So we talked a little bit at... You and Christineth are the ones. <laughs> Christineth, Christineth are the ones who introduced me to sheets. I thought what? it was just that's gas station. An... Wow! I thought it was just a gas station. I, that's unbelievable. And then I walk in there with you two, and you're ordering like a fucking diner meal off a touchscreen. Yeah. And I'm like, kinda. what is going on? You know, like like they're getting quesadillas, they're getting eggs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. what's happening behind yeah. the sheets here? MTO. So you're a seasoned traveler. You've been yes. everywhere. Yes. What's the best these days? Um, what between like what do you mean? For like, that kind of stop, like a non-fast food, you it's know, it's really like, tricky. Uh I have and a, and I have not been to a Sheets or a Wawa. And this is the question you're asking. You're asking which is better, Sheets or Wawa? Can we say that this was, in no That was the original terms? premise. Yeah, okay. That was the original premise. Uh, well, because you asked me and I was in, I was like, I'm on the West Coast now, man. You would be offended by my answers of analogs because it's like, we have 7-Eleven. That's not even fucking yeah, close. All yeah. I could think of was Bill and Ted going, something strange is afoot at the Circle K when you said yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's nobody like making food for you at those things. I Wawa, I think, has really stepped it up um, as far as healthy options, which I really appreciate. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheets mm-hmm. is not. Sheets is garbage food. But Sheets yeah, they're has going a, the other way. Yeah. Sheets has a lot of good stuff. So it kind of just depends on how you want to treat your body that day. I think, honestly, <laughs> I would go to a Wawa over a Sheets now um, because I am, you know, trying to make an effort to eat less garbage yeah. uh, just so I feel a little bit better on tour. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, if I was slimmer than I am right now, I would probably go sheets. Fuck it. (laughs) It's your 40s, baby. So let's say you just play a gig. You're gigging. Sheets. You're in the the van. Yeah. You're fucking... It's just one of those shows. No good food. Let's get out of here. Yeah. And it's like... You're 10 miles down the road. What are you hoping to see on the exit sign? Like, what's like the Oasis stop? It changed so much this last like year because mm. Del Taco stopped having Beyond Meat. Um, oh. Panda Express stopped doing the Beyond Chicken. Okay. Um, so those would be when Panda Express was happening, that was the shit. Um, yeah. I would say Taco Bell. Taco Bell's always been there for me. Still the go to, right? Yeah. I, and especially like their black beans, I think, are, are underrated. Yeah, They're actually pretty it's a fucking nice touch, good. wasn't it? Yeah, it's way better than the refried beans. It no longer feels like I'm eating a meal from a paste gun. It feels like I'm eating like food. Uh, which well, you is are nice. eating a meal from a paste gun. 
I don't think the black bean is a paste. I think it's a scoop. (laughs) It's a scoop. (laughs) It's a little scoop. Uh, Does it it come out of the guacamole and sour cream guns? No. No. God, if you see them put the refried beans on anything, it's just like, (laughs) I have eaten collectively... I've eaten probably like hundreds of pounds of refried beans from Taco I, Bell. I have, I have as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like the black beans make you feel a little less bad. So I, I would say a Taco Bell is usually uh, a nice option for me. I always know uh, or, we struggle with or a Wawa, with yeah. or a Wawa or a Sheets. You know, although I don't you know, know what I don't know what their vegan situations are over there. You know, they're not and, great. They're not great. I mean, I was veg- gonna, for vegetarians. If you eat, I was going to bring stuff. into the mix because you know I was a quick check loyalist for many years. I've only know? had quick check once or twice, and it was awesome. Yeah. But I, I, it's Wawa not- was Wawa was only South Jersey, Philly, like hoagie people. Yeah, and Central and North Jersey, us reasonable people were quick check people. It's about and, availability, and and somewhere along the line, the subs just went the other way. Wawa improved, but I got to say, in the last year. Quick Check has introduced a grilled cheese menu. Ooh. Texas toast. You can mess with your cheeses. You get a couple different cheeses. It's nice. It's that nice. sounds nice. I, I think once somebody comes out with some sort of good vegan sandwich, that's going to be the game changer. Mm. And have. Burger well, King has the Impossible Whopper, but it sucks. It's yeah, a cruel impossible. joke on all of us. It hurts my stomach. <laughs> then they're like, like, hold on. We got the Impossible Whopper. It's like two for $6. You're like, okay, I guess I'm going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think after all these collected years of watching movies and listening to music, what do you think are the three films and albums that you've consumed the most in your consuming life? Oh, um, okay. Albums, I would say Pet Sounds. Uh, mm-hmm. I would probably, I would probably say the Operation Ivy album. Uh, uh and uh, maybe, maybe Neutral Milk Hotel. Wow, really? Or yeah, or, or the Clash London Calling. But like, okay. yeah, I'm just trying to think of like miles traveled. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, those are those. Those would be ones that like I, I've listened to plenty, and I go back and revisit a lot. Great. Uh, movie wise, oh geez, I don't know. Uh, Boogie Nights, Back to the Future. Uh, um, maybe like Kill Bill or Death Proof or some shit. Wow, good ones. The, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights was a quick answer. You love the Boogie Nights. Bo- Boogie Nights has been my favorite movie for for many a year, and every time I've I've seen it since, I'm just like, yep. Still good. I know. It holds up so good. <laughs> yeah. Good film. Good movie. You're watching Boogie Nights and you're at that point. You're like an hour and a half into the movie. You're like, fuck, I forgot William H. Macy was this good. Like, yeah. Phil Hoffman's this good. Like, it's just so stacked, you know? What yeah, it's stacked film. and everybody's really funny and also really sad. And it's like, it really, like, the tone of that movie is kind of like this perfect cross between like funny and sad uh oh it takes you on a ride it's really great yeah once you get out of the recording studio it just goes (laughs) and that scene is so (laughs) hilarious and also like such a fucking bummer uh yes exactly (laughs) i love it i love it so those are good answers i love that Um, all right yes jeff so one other thing i noticed on your new record is your voice Hey, and 
Um, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, I think it's the most dynamic I've heard you. I think I really hear you kind of going to some places I haven't really heard you go before. Some of which is almost like feels like intentionally held back at times to like be able to hit different notes. Like, like I even heard some Jay Maskus at times. I'm like, Oh, like, has Jeff been listening to dinosaur junior? Like I'm always listening to dinosaur junior. So it's just (laughs) in there. Yeah. But like, just in there. Like it really seemed like you were, uh, pushing further in different ways than you have. Like, were you, I was, am. Were you I'm, intentionally going for this? Kind of, yeah. I mean, not like intentionally, but it, I've since, since 2020 dump, I feel like I've just been trying to, I don't know, ex- try and figure out a way where I can sing in, in like my, in a vocal range where I sound nice every now and then. And I'm not just screaming and I'm not just singing like as high as I can. Um, and 2020 dump felt like a very like safe space to like try that, you know? Right, um, right. and then Scott dream just like happened to be a really like easy going feeling recording experience for me. I think that's just cause I recorded at home and I did it like the vocals over the course of like two days. I was just in my basement as the sun was setting, having a nice time singing music and jumping around. Um, and uh, and a few people like had told me or had commented on shit just that like my voice sounded clear and nice. And I was like, oh, maybe that's a possibility that my voice can sound clear and nice. And then right. uh, it go- and then it kind of goes back to like Craig of the Creek stuff. Like I write songs that are in Craig of the Creek episodes all the time. And I'm not like screaming those songs. I'm trying to sing those songs. Right. Um, so with Hell Mode, it's just kind of like I... Uh, I'm I'm always trying to challenge myself and I always want to make something good in a in a new way and that was kind of a newer thing that I was trying to do on this one and not even just the acoustic song but just like in general I'm just trying to like just trying to sing uh in in a more in a, in a more comfortable range at times yeah. so that uh-huh. like my voice feels nice and I feel like I can be expressive in a way that isn't just yelling and hopefully yes. like Hopefully, in the end, that means the parts where I am yelling and where I am screaming, where it is like yeah. everything is on fire, and when we are Being going hard, yeah, I yeah. want that shit to hit harder. Like totally. it's all like in the service of just like I want the fucking emotional resonance of everything that I'm doing to fucking hit hard because it's yes. stuff that hits me hard, you know. Sure, because that's my favorite kind of music is music that just like stops me or music that I'm like I gotta listen to that record again, you know. Like yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, so with with singing a little different, like, I don't know. I'm just like, how, how long am I going to sing in one way? Um, I can't ignore that I am aging and that I'm getting older. Uh, and it might be a little ridiculous to be like 55 years old and go like, ah! all the fucking time. Uh, and it's just kind of like, I want to still be able to do it. Like, I don't want to stop doing it, but I also want to yeah. try other stuff too, you know? Yeah, you want to be able to take a break in the middle of the set. And Me, some, it, 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 you know, I've been you know? practicing hell mode and I've been like, oh, this is nice. I can actually sing this stuff. But that was absolutely an afterthought. I think when I was making this record, I was like, fuck, how am I going to sing this live if I'm not screaming? Like, it, it is just right. kind of like more challenges and more ways to look at things. Uh, but it was tricky because like I didn't want to do that and sacrifice energy for it. So I am still like always in the back of my head, like, I hope I didn't do that, you know? I, I mean, I think you struck a pretty good balance. Was was there 
any like recent artists or records or singers or something that like that you're like, oh shit, that's cool. Like, sure, I, to, I, like, I, like, like, what's been turning I, you on for, with that? I mean, this isn't like I. I don't think that this necessary. Well, what can I say? Like, so. I listened to the Jay Som record, Anak Ko, like mm-hmm. a lot. If you haven't heard that record, you should listen to that record. It's I a have fucking not, yeah. it's a beautiful record. It's a great record. It's really dynamic. It's like fuzzy, gnarly guitar parts happen like where you wouldn't expect it. It's just like mm-hmm. a really like wide open record. Um, and I think she sings really quietly in a really nice in a really like just a really delicate, beautiful way. Her voice is really nice. Uh cool. And I also have been thinking, of, I, I've been listening to a lot of Built to Spill and I always listen to a lot of Built to Spill, yeah. but I think on this record in particular, I was like trying to be like, okay, well, how, like, how did they approach like their like big, wide open sounding things? Right. Um, and I was thinking about Built to Spill a lot. I was thinking about JSOM a lot. Um, and just like listening to like Power Pop, just there's this like strum and thrum compilation. It's called that was uh, that captured tracks put out. That's a bunch of like power pop songs from like the eighties uh, underground in America. Oh, that really? I was listening to a lot. Yeah, it's so good. It's so cool. fucking good. Um, What's the name of that record? Strum and Thrum. That sounds uh, fun. Yeah, it's it's so fucking good. Um, but like, yeah, listening to that, listening to a lot of Phoebe Bridgers, a lot of Dear Nora, but also like listening to a lot of Leftover Crack and listening to a lot of like Soul Glow and Slant, uh, and kind of like all over the place and Megadeth. Like I was listening Ooh. to a lot of Megadeth, uh, cause I had the Rust in Peace CD from my childhood before my car got broken into and it got stolen. Uh, but that was, that was in there for a while. Uh, so I don't know. It's kind of all over the place, but I think as far as just like trying to sing, a little bit more or trying to explore different ranges. Like I'm just thinking about all this music that I'm listening to uh, and that I have been listening to before this record. And just like, you know, it isn't always like high, how high can you sing? Like, can you, can you hit the fucking note? And when you hit the note, like that's what makes it powerful. Like there's other ways to be powerful. I'm trying to find Mm -hmm. power in other ways. Just like also just to not be fucking bored, you know, not to put out the same fucking record 800 times. Especially with some of the words you're saying. I mean, I feel like they're actually coming across more powerfully when I can like, I can hear it. I can hear some like waver in your voice, you know, like, I don't know. At times it it feels like a bit more honest, not to say that your other stuff was dishonest, just that like, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like this dude telling me this story. It feels like a little more direct for some reason. Thanks, man. Well, that's nice. That's nice of you to say. Uh, I also, I forgot, like, that Wilco record, Cruel Country, was a big... Mm. Was, I was listening to it a lot before this record. Just like, God, his voice always sounds so nice and always has so much personality. And it's just I like, heard his book is good for for people of our age to read. What do you... 20? 28? How old yeah. can we lie and Well, I'm 26. <laughs> you're 28, you know? Yeah. Maybe when we hit our 30s, we'll read the Jeff Tweedy book. Maybe then I'll uh, understand, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got to smoke more. Um, <laughs> so you I was can thinking, smoke more weed. You'll be fine. Still fuck up your voice of weed. I don't know if I should do that. Okay. Sorry. This is already plenty. Um, uh, Jeff, <laughs> speaking of, speaking of weed, Jeff, oh. I, we have a, a little, I have a little present for you. Oh yeah. It's really silly, but do you remember the last time you were on the show by yourself? You were um, you were disappointed that it was going to be episode three ten. 
and not yeah. episode 311. <laughs> you remember oh, that? Oh, wait. Oh, is this episode 420? <laughs> this is 420. Yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. I didn't even put it together. I got a What are the odds? I interview a lot of random people, Jeff, sometimes. <laughs> you know, sick. like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool. Here's, like, the dude from, like, the main. I'll talk to him, you know. But, like, the fact that somebody... I've actually smoked a bunch of weed with <laughs> is on the show for 420. Like, that's great. Well, that's great. the fact that he almost yeah. made both 311 and 420. I like, know. He was oh, one away. God, that almost makes me angry about the 310 thing even more. Yeah. <laughs> so close. Oh, I didn't even know. And then, we got, then you got to do like 245 episodes before the next one so we could do episode 666. And then, <laughs> and then we're out of funny numbers. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell a weed story in honor of 420 now. Okay. okay. So when I toured with Antarctica, yes. uh, the first night I'm sharing a room with yeah. Jeff and Christina, yeah. um, you know, I'm about to do my normal thing, which is bust open an apple and uh, rip up the bathroom a little bit while I'm taking a shower, you know? Like, I've yeah. done it thousands of times. Make me sound like a fucking narc with this story. I know this and, story. And Well, no, but, like, so so Jeff sees me, like, starting to carve the apple. He's kind of just like, uh, you're going to do that, like, in here? And I was like, yeah. And just, like, you know, and we're early on the tour, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm like, dude, I don't want to fucking piss off Jeff and Christine, like, I'm not trying to fuck around. So in my head, I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to do this apple. I'll head outside. Like, I'm not trying to, like, ruffle. But I guess my face was telling a different story. Yeah. Because I probably <laughs> seemed pretty stressed out. And, and I could tell like, you hated it. And Jeff's just like, all right, well, you probably know what you're doing. Like, so I guess, you know, like, it's cool. And I'm like, dude, I promise you. I'm like, I'm like, I bombed out a lot of hotel bathrooms. Like, we'll be good. Don't worry. Yeah. And we were good, right? Like, yeah, no yeah, we, we, no bills. I mean, we're, you know, we don't want that bill. No, it's a hefty bill. <laughs> we hefty don't want bill. that bill. But then, I, like, a week later, right, we're at, I think, what's that great venue in, uh, in Boston? Sinclair. Yeah, we're at the Sinclair. No more food at the Sinclair. Wow, I was just about to say great mac and cheese. I know. Oh, God I know. Damn it. Brutal, they had like brutal. the crock, like the nice crock of mac and cheese. They're Big still shells. very nice, but bring right. the food back. Yeah, bring the food back. And and I see Jeff taking the apple and he's pulling the Benny's going into the bathroom. Like, oh, venue's like, a different story. Like after sound check. And I'm like, there you go, Jeff. Live your life. Enjoy it. And of <laughs> course, he gets in trouble. I was like, oh man, the what he finally pulled the band-aid and yeah. it was just like fuck it i'm gonna take a hit like right here because i want to and yeah. he got nailed got nailed yeah. for it I, i'm not i like i'm not good at like i don't have a good poker face you know what i mean <laughs> like i'm not good at i'm not good at theft i'm not good at those oh, things yeah, I, i'm an awful I, i'm thief. just like uh sir bye <laughs> you know <laughs> sorry i'm gonna be your bathroom sir <laughs> My my only go to line that I used to have for this is from childhood till now is like oh shit allergies are bad today that's like the only <laughs> one I have is the allergy line the good thing about like getting caught smoke a weed at a venue situation like that though is just being like oh shit I didn't know I couldn't do this and you're already good you already smoked yeah. weed <laughs> and also need? this was always Alex Rosamilia's thing from Gaslight especially when he got he's like he's like dude like I think I'm gonna kick you out yeah he's like he's like it's like they can't. And I'm like, wow, that's a weird power play to play. I don't like that. 
but yeah, it's true. I, <laughs> I think it's I think it's cool most of the time. So you're just like, yeah. eh, whatever. And if somebody's like, what are you doing? Just be like, oh, I'm sorry. Because you are sorry. You're the ones lying. that scare me are those like those <laughs> brand new like House of Blueses where there's like there's like just nowhere to go in those places. You know, it's no, like there's it's everywhere like, to go. It's like smoking pot at like the Apple store. You know, it just it just doesn't just doesn't work. I um, just like smoking weed outside anyway. I feel like it's a it's well, a good it was California a good middle Jeff. finger for a while. Yeah. No, I like smoking weed outside in New York too. Wait, wait, what did you used to do at the Brooklyn place? I used well, I would smoke weed inside, but if yeah. I had like but occasionally I'd just go on some weed walks, go smoke yeah. weed, walk around. Nice corn cruise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm glad we got a little 420 in here. But in seriousness, both of us are people I think that have benefited greatly from that product. I, I think so. I don't know anymore. I don't know what I benefit from. I've been, I'm like spiraling in like big burnout mode, uh, because of, but, because of work and the album. So like, I am like having moments that I'm like, is that like, is that weed? Is that like late COVID brain fog? Is that depression right. brain fog? Is that just burnt out? Why did I leave my keys in the door again? Well, <laughs> Which one sure. of these reasons is it? Well, I mean, to say it's going to have no repercussions in your life is a bit naive, but... Yeah, makes you feel nice. Of course. But the one thing I'll I'll say to our collective credit is yes. both of us, we got receipts, man. We've both done a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. We both Let put me out, get high, buddy. We, we got a lot of receipts. So at the very baseline of this is like, listen, it doesn't make you lazy. Yeah. Or my, I don't smoke weed when I work. So I, and, and when I smoke weed, I very much don't work. So I don't know. I don't <laughs> so yeah, know about know, that. Know the Although, time and the place. Know I definitely, I definitely place. know people who are like, oh yeah, I need to smoke weed before I like edit the edit movies for like the entire day. And like, that's yeah. fucking crazy to me. I would just be in premiere being like, what does this filter do? What does this filter do? Oh, sick. What about this filter? Oh, sick. You know? <laughs> Um, you know what I was, I was, I flew over Taylor Swift's concert recently. You um, flew over it. Did you see it from the sky? I did. Well, I didn't see <laughs> the gig, tight. but I saw like the staging because yeah. I flew out of Philly on a Sunday morning when she was doing one of her like, oh, the, oh I'm going to, I'm going to sell 200,000 tickets at this football stadium. This was weekend. that the Philly show? I think John yeah. was at that. John was at that show. Nice. So I'm flying, I'm flying out and I see Taylor Swift stage show from the sky. And it was super impressive. And I'm thinking yeah. about, of course it crosses my mind. Like, okay. Like if I had, you know, unlimited funds and just like funny money, like what would I do? So I, sure. I pose that question to you, like say uh doubt becomes big hit gets used yeah. in stranger things, season something or other. And sure. And all of a sudden you got just, fuck around money. You're, you're drawing yeah. a lot. You got fuck around money. Have yeah. you ever thought about what you would do for like a stage show or something like? We like, talked like, about it recently, but again, we were trying to figure out like the DIY way of doing it. So I don't know if it applies, but like, first of all, like the flag will always be there. So yeah. I don't think screens are ever in our future. Okay. Um, but it would be cool. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do that got shot down was I just wanted to put like lasers all around the venue 
like not on the stage, just have them firing off from random <laughs> spots in the venue. Uh, and that, that was like a unanimous pass from our crew really? and band, <laughs> which oh. we usually, usually isn't unanimous. Yeah, uh, usually there's one or two stragglers are like, okay, fuck it. And somebody be like, where are you going to put it? How are you going to get people to not break it? How are you going to get the venue to be okay with it? Like the practical questions of it. Yeah. But I feel like if I had Taylor Swift money, I could make that happen. Easily. Because um, all you got to do is go up in the catwalk for that. Like, you know. Easy. Yeah. And, and and I, I kind of want to just make it look like uh, we're playing like in a lightning storm at the end of the world while we're on oh, stage. That's yes. what I would want to do. Uh, and we were taught, we were trying to figure out ways to do it for this tour, but also we're in a van and I, I need to oh. sleep. So we're not showing up at doing lights. So <laughs> right. we're, you know, house guy. <laughs> house hey, house guy, can you make it look like lightning at the end of the earth, please? We were certainly, I was like in the fucking group discord, like, let me write the thing. I bet we can make this happen. And they're just like, Jeff, you're really like, you're... Oh, go for it, but you might be sad with your results. <laughs> would you Would you ever uh, take to one of those like hamster balls and like go out into the crowd? Uh, I wouldn't take to a hamster ball. I don't know. No, no, the Flaming Lips did it. Oh, uh, yeah. I go out the crowd the saxophone a bunch though. I like that. I've, That's fun. I've seen it. I've Although seen now it. I'm like now I think one COVID like really like put a fucking damper on that. But I like know. also That's so weird. And now I'm like starting to be conscious of the amount that I sweat when we're playing. Mm. And I'm like, maybe people don't want this. You are sweaty. <laughs> I'm gross. And I'm only getting grosser as I get older. Yeah. Are you getting like hair in weird places? Uh, sure. Your hair. Up. Yeah. yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting, it's moving from my head to my ears. And I'm like, like fuck why off. do I got to like, stay on my head, on? fool? Yeah. Like why? I found I, it was almost like my body was like teasing me the other day because I find one like two and a half inch long gray hair coming out of my neck. <laughs> I'm just like, when did you even grow overnight? This is physiologically impossible, which has happened. This is my like my body just like fucking with me right now. Yeah, that's yes. a mutant hair. They just pop out, man. I know. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Brad, do you do the prostate? You do the prostate? <laughs> Don't answer that. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Have you done yours yet, Benny? I haven't done mine yet. I haven't yet, but I heard you can shit in a box at first and send it away. Oh. So I might do that first. I'm not not like afraid of a finger up my asshole. That's fine. I think it's more than a finger. It's like a camera. Oh, you're talking about a, you're talking about about a a colonoscopy. I am. Yeah, I've done that. I've done a colonoscopy. Are you supposed to get a full colonoscopy when you're 40? 45. Uh, they they knock you out though, right? Yeah, they do. Sure. Yeah, whatever. That's what I'm scared of. I've never been knocked out before. Have you been I've knocked never, out before, dude? I've never been knocked out before either. Should we get colonoscopies together? They got a couple's colonoscopies. <laughs> oh my <together>. god, <laughs> Jeff, let's get high, hold hands, and get colonoscopies. Are you allowed together? to? Get, I don't. Oh man, no, we probably can't. We can't. God, can you imagine <laughs> being high for your colonoscopy? Can I can I ruin your future colonoscopy for you, or would you rather not me put this thought in your head that I'm about no, to do? No, put it in my head. Do it. All right, you get high for your colonoscopy, uh-huh. and then you don't get fully knocked out. But you can't communicate. But then also you're high oh while it's God. happening. That sounds <laughs> this is like, like the human the caterpillar. Worst. This just got dark. Yeah, that'd be bad. Jeez. Oh, uh, Wait, Jeff. Yeah, I'm on your Wikipedia, and I just realized Antarctica hasn't put anything out since 2018. 
Yeah, right. What's going on? What do you think? We, we we made one song during the pandemic. Uh, Craig really kind of uh, abs- absorbed a lot of my free time. I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah. What do we think? But, like 20, 2025, maybe? Oh, that'd be sick. Maybe 2024. We pump them out quick. Let's do it. Boom. K- yeah, Cousin Frank's out of the biz, though. We got to go somewhere else. <laughs> what is, is Cousin Frank is out of the biz? Out of the biz. Working at a planetarium. Oh, shit. Well, maybe we could still get him to do it. He might. <laughs> It'd be funny. Uh, no, it, well, you know, I, I think there's another recording studio somewhere. Yeah, we could probably manage. We go to fucking Sound City. Let's, oh. Let's, let's, Is that uh, possible? Guess, no, it's not oh. possible. It's oh. probably just like, I'll record it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff. We okay. hit the hour 30 mark. Beautiful. Love it. Love I talking to you. Pat Ewing. My hot dog next got to be out. You know, I, I look- saw it say Pat Ewing up there. And at first I was like, who's Pat Ewing? And it was like 40 <laughs> minutes in. I was like, it says Pat Ewing. Patrick Ewing. Okay. Okay. Listen, that's how long I've loved basketball. It's not Patrick to me. It's Pat. Is he your all-time oh. favorite Nick? Hell no. <gasps> Starks? Beasley. <laughs> the walking bucket. <laughs> Oh, there's like six people who got that joke, but they got it good. I like Oakley better than all those fools. Yeah, that's true. He was great. No yeah. Chris Childs. All right, let's go. Not out my here. era. And, and I like Larry Johnson, although in my mind, he's always a hornet. He is a hornet. That's true. All right, all Jeff, right. I love you so much. Love you too. Nice talking I'll to talk you. Talk to you soon. Bye, Brad. Nice talking to you too. Thanks for letting me know about the 420 episode. Yeah, we're honored to have you for that. It's great to be here. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, that's number four solo for Jeff in the can. In the can. You know, we didn't mention that he also has hosted or co-hosted at least two episodes. I think I feel like maybe more. Yeah, probably more. Uh, no, so he's you know. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're gonna start having to give him a commish of these <laughs> of the millions of dollars we're banking every month from going <laughs> off track. You know, <laughs> I know you guys are hearing those ads as you listen to the episode, and you should know that it's really supplementing me and Brad's life in a very very impactful way. It yeah, is. Yeah. You know, it's it's raising our kids basically. So you know, yeah. Good. Thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks for your patience with that. Thanks for your patience. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So that was a great chat with Jeff as usual. Sorry if there was too much basketball. Uh, but, you know, it's the tie that binds with me and Rosenstock. Okay. Some people are going to love it. It always comes back to hoops. It's a nice, it's a way, good way to warm up, right? It is. Well, for me, <laughs> I mean, listen, some people even think I'm like, I know it's hard to believe, especially in a podcast setting. There are people who think I'm quiet. <laughs> there really are. And it's because <laughs> if you're not bringing up anything I'm not remotely interested in for a couple hours, these days at this at this old age, 
You know, like, yeah, I'll sit back and just listen to a bunch of horse shit for a couple hours. I will. <laughs> it's good. Without getting into it. It's fine. It's a good way to it's be. Fine. But if someone's like, yo, I don't know. The Hawks <laughs> made a couple good ads. All of a sudden my ears are up. Bing! You know, if I can find somebody like if I can find someone who knows like the eighth and ninth players on like the Atlanta Hawks or something like that. I'm just like, all right, this is my people. Wow. Like the next two hours is covered. Easy. You know, do you know the eighth, what, and, the eighth and ninth guys in the Atlanta? Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you 14 and 15. I'm, I'm a fucking, I'm beyond nerd, you know? Damn. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like I'm the one uh, watching summer league to see how Cody Bufkin <laughs> is uh, progressing in his in potential backup shooting guard role, you know? So, yeah, so that I'm that guy. Okay. Even, even uh, Howard Beck is a friend of mine. He's a ba- literal basketball journalist who worked for like the post during the Patrick Ewing era, I believe. And, you know, <laughs> uh, and LA times and he covered Kobe. So this guy knows hoops, you know, and it's day one of summer league basketball. And I'm texting him about, somebody's performance in summer league. And he's like, dude, why are you watching day one of summer league? He's like, I'm not I'm like, well, you know, someone, someone put me on TV. Yeah. You know? Seriously. You're coming to be him. on the panel with, with Chuck and Shaq. It'd be a fucking hilarious. You there's, know? there's still time. It could happen. I have faith. Yeah. If anybody's listening to this and you can help boost me into my, secondary career of sports journalist. Yeah, you want diversity in sports. Here you go. Get this yeah, guy. That's what I'm saying. Do you <laughs> want a chubby dirtbag Jewish drummer yes. who's never played a lick <laughs> of even semi-amateur professional sports? That is his, that's the ultimate diversity candidate for basketball. So I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm sure. saying. If you believe it, you know Brad, I thought it was supposed to be about inclusivity these days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Get my ass on a sports panel. Yeah. I think that'll it'll just help the world. <laughs> oh, we've gone off track. Of Again. Off track in the outro. Anyway. Or Jeff Socials. He's easy to find. He is Jeff Rosenstock everywhere that you're likely to look. JeffRosenstock.com for will take you to his Tumblr, which you can get all the links to his music and seriously check out the record. I'm sure if you're listening this long, you will. Yeah. And we are goingofftrack.com. We are also patreon.com slash goingofftrack. If you're interested in becoming a patron and supporting us. No ads. No ads. Hopefully we'll start posting some more bonus content. We do a Discord once a week when... It's not summertime and Benny's not on the road. Oh, you know who I noticed? <laughs> new new Patreon to shout out? Yeah. Alf Bartone. Yeah. Who is a great human being and an excellent singer. Used to be in a band called X Number Five, who is a huge influence on a lot of bands. So thanks, Alf. Yeah. Also, that. it should be noted, Christine, I know your name is Christine if you're listening to this. Okay. <laughs> I know it's not Christina or Christina. We were just fucking around. Okay. I think I should actually text her. Just get that. Just get that cleared up before this episode even comes out. Uh, <laughs> Please listen to the very end for my apology. Yeah, exactly. I meant to do it off the top, but I was, I was too hot on day after tomorrow, man. Jesus. What a film. 
<laughs> I think I got to start. You know how it's been my quest in life to make Anchorman considered like a cinematic American yes. classic. Mm-hmm. I might have to add Day After Tomorrow to this list. I'm going to give it a little more thought. <laughs> All right. Hey, Brad, have a great rest of your day. Benny, you too, man. I love you. Best of the family. Love you. Same, same to you. And, and we'll catch you soon. Bye.